Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. The Spirit-filled life. It's a supernatural thing. It's not a natural thing. You don't work it up. It's a gift. It's a state of man, wholly unobtainable by training, by reasoning, by human wish or will. It's nothing less than, watch this, God in command and control of a man's whole life, his whole life, flowing everywhere into it, that he, the Holy Spirit, may flow fully and freely out of it. We don't know much about the Holy Spirit. We get saved, understand that we have the Holy Spirit, and then get busy with life. We never take advantage of the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. But we can't afford to be passive any longer. We were not meant to function without the aid of the Holy Spirit. Paul says we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? Pastor Mark shows us that it's not a one-time event. We need to continually stay in communication and fellowship with the Holy Spirit and ask Him to refill us with His free gift. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 4 with our continuing study entitled, Fill Up. of you have ever traveled to Europe? Could, could I see your hand? Good. When you traveled to Europe, did you find it inexpensive or expensive? Yeah, expensive like crazy. Uh, here's one of the things. You're in Europe. You've never been before. You go into a little shop and you order a coffee. What size is it? It's about like that. And you had to get your bank card out and prove that it was yours because it's so expensive. Amen. And then when you ask for a refill, what kind of look do you get? I'd like to refill my coffee free. What kind of look do you get? No, just show me your credit card again. Because there's no free refills in Europe. Well, I put that on Facebook on Friday. By the way, every Thursday or Friday, I put what I'm going to speak on for the weekend. And all you guys get on and make comments and pass it on and like it and send it over to people. Thank you. We had our family picture, my wife and I and the two grandkids. I put it on Thursday. More than 400, like 450 of you liked it. You, you like that picture more than you like me. What's up with that? I guess it could be because of the grandkids, but whatever. So I put this thing about free refills. Look, look what I got. I got this about an hour after I put it on. Pastor Mark, I am at Starbucks right now in Tokyo. And she says this, the size of the smallest cup of coffee in Tokyo is $3.40 U.S., and it's much, much smaller than in the United States. And needless to say, there's no refills for coffee in Japan. Isn't it amazing how the word goes around the world? Huh? Awesome. By the way, in the United States, there is free coffee. Could I hear an amen? amen. There's a refill. Starbucks, just show them your card, refill. McDonald's, Definitely a refill. Senior, definitely a refill. Okay. Well, this weekend, you say, are we talking about coffee? 
No, we're talking about our generous God that gives free refills whenever we need it. If somebody comes to you and says, I heard this thing about the Holy Spirit. They could be older and they say this. I heard this thing about the Holy Ghost. Could you explain it to me? In about two or three minutes, you could explain the Holy Spirit. At least the beginning. So let me go through it for you. We've learned that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not a force. He's a person. He's God. He's the third person of the Trinity. And we learn because he is a person, you and I can have a relationship with him. And there are three distinct relationships we can have with the Holy Spirit. The first one we learn, Jesus said it like this, I'm going back to heaven. And But there's another one coming that's going to take my place. He'll be with you forever. He'll be alongside you and then he'll be in you. So the first relationship anyone has with the Holy Spirit is when you are searching for Christianity... You're searching for forgiveness for your sins. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us to do two things. To convict us and to convince us that we need salvation. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. It's not the role of a pastor. It's not the role of you as you witness. The Holy Spirit says, listen to that DVD you're looking at or that program you're watching or the pastor you're listening to. What he says about Jesus Christ is right. And one of the things you'll notice is when the Holy Spirit is here, he never focuses on himself. He's always pointing people to Jesus. Now, remember that. Always he's pointing to Jesus. By the way, everyone listening to me that's a Christian... You were convicted and convinced by the Holy Spirit. You couldn't come to Christ until that happened. You have to, he comes, he convicts you and convinces you that you need Christ. So when you ask for forgiveness, the first thing is he convicts and convinces. When you ask forgiveness, where immediately does the Holy Spirit go? Get your finger out and tell me where he goes. He goes inside. So the second role of the Holy Spirit is he indwells us. He comes to live in us. How long is he there for? A holiday weekend? No, he's there forever. And he begins to conform us, inside of us, to be like Christ. It's kind of an inward work. Now, every single Christ follower has the Holy Spirit where? In them. Every single one. There's no exceptions. You cannot be a Christian and not have the Holy Spirit in you. Then one day... Jesus, after he went to the cross, he came back to his disciples. They had that inexperience with the Holy Spirit in them. They were ready to go. And Jesus said this, time out. You're not ready yet. What I had to minister, you have to have to minister. So he said to his disciples, you need to go to Jerusalem and you need to wait in the upper room until the Holy Spirit comes upon you or overflows you. And then you will be equipped to minister like me. You already have the Holy Spirit in you. But the third relationship is the Holy Spirit coming upon you. It's for power and for service. So we learn as we go through that, that is not an option. Jesus didn't say this just to his disciples. We'll see later. He says this to every single Christian. So the first thing I want you to write this morning is this one. The norm for every Christ follower, not for pastors, not for some special people you think, deacons, elders, no, no. The norm for every Christ follower is to live full of the Holy Spirit. And there's lots of terms for that. Spirit-filled life, 
uh, under his influence. I'm going to use one this morning called Spirit-Controlled Living. S-C-L. Spirit-Controlled Living. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Spirit-Controlled Living is for me. So, now, by the way, if you're not a Christian yet, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service. Because spirit-controlled living isn't for you because you haven't had Christ in you yet. And to get him in you, you have to listen to him. You have to have your sins forgiven. Some of you are here, you're ready to do that. Now, when that happens in my life, that is this thing called the spiritual walk. Now, lots of people talk differently about it. Some people, as I just shared with you, how many experiences with the Holy Spirit did I just share with you? How many? Three. Now, some people believe it's only two. But they will agree, you'll see later, that it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit in you, but it's something very much to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they'll just use different terms, but being filled with the Spirit is paramount. It's not an option. It's absolutely essential. Now, sometimes we wonder, what does that really mean? And I want to give you a short definition. You can't write it down, but I think it will clarify it for all of us. Take a look at this. The Spirit-filled life. It's a supernatural thing. It's not a natural thing. You don't work it up. It's a gift. It's a state of man, wholly unobtainable by training, by reasoning, by human wish or will. It's nothing less than, watch this, God in command and control of a man's whole life, his whole life, flowing everywhere into it, that he, the Holy Spirit, may flow fully and freely out of it. So it's supernatural. Well, I've had many years of Bible college, Pastor Mark, I'm filled with the Spirit. It has nothing to do with that. It's not by training, by reasoning, by human wish or will. It's nothing less than God in command. And he's in control. Now, when we say the Spirit-controlled lifestyle, Spirit-controlled living, that doesn't mean that the Spirit takes control of us and I can't do anything. No, it's a submission to the Holy Spirit. In how much of my life? How much of my life? Every part of my life. Now, is it just for me? No, it isn't. Notice, flowing everywhere in, into me, so that he can flow where? Out of me. So it's not just for me. And a lot of people think that. Well, I got the Holy Spirit, so I'm all set now. No, it's not for you. We're not here just for us. We're here to be ministers to other people. So we'll see that as we go through the teaching today. Maybe that gave you a little idea. Let's turn in our Bibles where I told you to Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And we will see the promise that Jesus said, if you, if you wait in the upper room, you will receive power. This is the fulfillment. 120 people, the disciples, plus many women disciples, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, were in the upper room. Now look at this. In verses 1 through 4, it says, The Spirit came upon them. They already had this Holy Spirit in them. And watch what happens. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enable them. Now, well, it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit in you. It's something totally else to be filled with the power of the Spirit. Now, when that began to happen, as you begin to read after this verse 4, and you go through chapter 2, look at me, you see a huge difference in the main character. The main character is Peter. Watch me. This is the day of Pentecost you just saw here. Well, the Holy Spirit came on how many of them? All of them. You look over and say, well, I didn't get it. No, I didn't get it either. 
No, came on all of them. Now, let's back up a few weeks. By the way, was Peter there? Yes, he was there. So let's back up. Here's Peter. On the night that Jesus was arrested, Peter three times outside the court where Jesus was being beat, he was questioned. You're, you're one of those disciples of Jesus, aren't you? And three times, what did Peter say? I don't even know the guy. He'd spent three years with I don't even know him. One, two, three. How about the other disciples? They all fled. Now, that was a couple weeks before. Let's... Pentecost. Between now, Jesus is resurrected. He restores him. Peter has the Spirit in him. The verse we just read, the Spirit comes on him. Now, as you read Acts chapter 2, is Peter any different? Totally different. Peter stands, and those people say, what are all these languages? You're drunk. And Peter said, no, 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 no. You know the Old Testament. He's speaking to Jewish people. The prophet Joel spoke about exactly what was going to happen. And then Peter, you're the Jewish people. You're all here for Pentecost. Watch what Peter says. You, Jews, many of you who were, who were there on the day and said, crucify him. You killed Jesus. He is the Messiah. He died for your sins. And there's no way for you to get to heaven unless you believe in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know him. I have no idea who he is. He is the Messiah. What's the difference? Pentecost. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when I'm filled, I'm going to be different. It's not just an experience. It's a lifestyle. And the main reason is to speak boldly about the truth. Now, when Peter did that, what happened? 3,000 of the Jews, the Bible says, were cut to their heart. They said, man, you're right. I need forgiveness. This old religion stuff doesn't do it. And they said to Peter, what should we do? And Peter says, repent, believe, you'll be saved. We're going to water baptize you, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That day, 3,000 people came to salvation. So what am I trying to say with all of that? Very simple. Write it this way. When I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit, when I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit, when I'm filled with the Spirit, it produces a difference in me and power to impact our world. You see, this same Peter lied, but now he speaks the truth in love. So, Acts chapter 2, 4, Peter plus 120 are all, watch me, are all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's zip over to Acts chapter 4. Now, between here and chapter 4, I'm giving you a summary to try just to go quickly. Peter and John are going to the temple. They come across a man who has never walked before. God impresses on them. They have a gift of healing. They, They minister to him. He begins to walk. The people immediately uh, crowd around. They, they've watched this man for all these years, never walk. He's walking. Now, the religious leaders are livid. Okay, we're losing control. We thought, we, I mean, we put this Jesus on the cross. What in the world is with this deal? 
this continues to go on. So they actually get Peter and John, put them in jail, and then the next morning they bring them out, the religious leaders, and watch what they say to them. Look at Acts 4, verse 7. And they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Say, they're looking at them and saying, there's no way you fishermen did this. So what kind of power did you use? Well, what kind of power was it? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And so remember, the power of God is not the ability of man. Now, here's something very important. Peter's going to go on and explain the whole thing. But I want you to see verse 8. Then Peter, look at these words, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Now look at me. Why does Luke add filled with the Holy Spirit? He was just filled with the Holy Spirit. Why does he add it again? If being filled with the Spirit is permanent, all you would have seen here, Luke would have said this, then Peter said to them. See, Peter was initially filled on the day of Pentecost, but what happens right there? He's filled again. There's a refilling, and you'll see how important that is. When Peter's standing before these religious leaders, he basically says this in a prayer language. We don't see it. He's praying to God. He says, God, I'm going to have to speak to these guys and give a response. I really don't know how to say it, but I need you to fill me with your boldness and your clarity so I can speak to these guys. It was a necessity of being filled Again, with the Spirit. Now, he goes through and he boldly says this. By the way, to the religious leaders, salvation is only found not in the Jewish church, not in the Jewish religion. Salvation is only found in Jesus Christ. He's the only way to God. Well, the next thing they do is they beat them and then they say to them, do not ever speak about this Jesus again. And Peter boldly says, sorry, but we can't help ourselves. Don't you like that? Peter says, I can't help myself. We have to speak about what we've seen and what we've heard. That's a challenge to me. What have you seen through your life recently that was supernatural? See, Peter says, you're not going to shut me up. What I see happening, not me, the power of God, you're not going to shut me up. So they beat them, they, and then Peter and John go back to the church and go down to, all the way down to the end of the chapter, and I want you to go all the way to Acts 4.31 and watch what happens. They meet together. So you guys here in Melbourne, you be the church, and Sebastian, you be the church, and you guys in Vera, you be the church, and Peter and John comes back, and they explain what had just happened. They got beat, and they go, thank you, God, for the chance to present your name, and thank you for the chance even to be beaten, amazingly. And then look at this verse. Peter and John, look what it says. One of the first three words. After they prayed. Well, what did they pray? In the verses before that, look at me, here's what they prayed. God, fill us with boldness. Help us not to be quiet and not to move down. Just continue to fill us with boldness. Now, when you're in a restaurant and you finish your cup of coffee, you're at Starbucks, you want to walk back up and get another Starbucks, you just show them your car. What, what are you going to have to do? You have to what for it? You have to ask for it. Does that make sense? What is praying? It's asking. So all they're saying is, God, we're asking for a refill. Fill us up. We, we need more boldness. We're going to face lots of new opportunities. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how often do you have to ask for a refill? Many times. 
because we're facing all kinds of things that we need. I do it daily, and every time I teach, I do it often during the week. So you just ask for a refill. In the store in America, it's free. In Europe, you're not going to ask because it's expensive. How about free refills of the Spirit? Does it cost us anything? Yeah, it costs us one thing, asking, because it's free. Well, what happens? Look at this. After they asked, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting, get ready, this room is going to shake just like a Disney thing. Get ready. The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all, how many? They were all what? Filled with what? The Holy Spirit, and they went crazy, and they spun with their heads on the bottom like a top, and they ran through the place screaming and howling. Is that what it says? What does it say? And they what? They spoke the word of God. How? Boldly. Now, why filled again? What's up with that? Because... There's an important principle as you go through it. It's very simple. What is this spirit-controlled living? Under his influence, spirit-controlled living is a lifestyle that is continually renewed and refreshed. See, what we discover, that when I'm baptized in the Spirit and then I'm filled with the Spirit, it's not an event that stays forever in my life. It needs to be attended to. It needs to be to the point where I'm continually being refilled and refreshed. One of the dangers in the church is people who say they were filled with the Spirit and they put a date to it. Man, God filled me. He used me back in 73, 2007. Could I say it like this? Man, I know I was under the control of the Spirit in October. Well, that's cool. I appreciate that. But we're not in October. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and see what Paul says about this. Remember, the norm for every Christ follower is to be Spirit-filled. It's the norm. It's not an exception. And it's going to be requiring many, many refills. Now, when you get to Ephesians 5, let me ask you a question. Scoot down to verse 16. Look at me. Let me ask you a question. How, how many of you would like to know the will of God for your life? Let, let me see your hand. Like everybody. You're going to see the will of God right here. Watch this. Paul says like this. Making the most of every opportunity. In other words, time is important. Because the, the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Now, what is he saying there? He's saying exactly what we learned the last few weeks. Many weeks ago, we started with this. Wise up. What Paul is saying is simply this. God's wisdom is not my wisdom. I, I don't have the wisdom to do Don't lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge Him. So the will of God, what God wants from my life, how to do life, it is not found in me. In studying Acts chapter 2, we learned that Jesus was not going to leave us alone, but had given us the Holy Spirit to help us show others Jesus' love. 
The Holy Spirit is available to every Christ follower. As we learn from Pastor Mark, the filling of the Holy Spirit is a continual process. Sometimes a daily refilling must occur. But to be an effective Christ follower, we must be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark, we will see the importance of being refilled with the Holy Spirit. He will show us the importance of this process as a reoccurring event. As we follow God's will for our lives and are obedient to God, we have what Pastor Mark calls spiritual leaks. We need to ask God to refill us with His Holy Spirit. A spiritually controlled life is continually renewed and refreshed. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.